words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Today, uh, the theme, I'm sure some people would have been checking, but trust people who would have decoded it immediately. <laughs> the word paraclete is from a Greek word, parakletos. And what it means is one who walks alongside the other. I want us to read John 16, verse 7. I want to use that to locate it, but I want to read from the Amplified Version. In King James, it says, it is expedient that I go, that another will come. For if I don't go, he cannot come. But I love the Amplified because it does what it says, amplifies. It says, however, I am telling you nothing but the truth when I say that it is profitable or good or expedient or advantageous for you that I go away. It says, because if I do not go away, the comforter or the counselor or the helper or the advocate or the intercessor or the strengthener or the standby will not come to you to be into close fellowship with you. He says, but if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Of course, we know that Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit, right? He says, it is expedient that I go so that he will come. Remember that Jesus, when he was on earth, was man. You know, we keep at the back of our minds, we feel he was God. He was man. But he was walking in divine with divine help by the spirit so everything he did he did as man because he came to set a pattern for us and he said the things i do greater will you do so he couldn't have come as god he had to come as man so he says it is expedient that i go because as man he could only be in one place at one time but the spirit of god is god that means he's omnipresent that means he's everywhere at the same time. And so God, Jesus was saying, I have to go so that it won't only be those who are around me that can receive the power of God. It is everyone. In doing a little study, and it just sometimes it's just by accident, you just stumble on something. When I read this scripture, and it's been with me for a couple of months, I just can't seem to get away from it. What struck me is that word comforter there. Again, I say it means paracletos, right? But if you check through the New Testament, everywhere that the Holy Spirit is referenced, you know, Jesus didn't say Holy Spirit. He just said comforter or helper. But everywhere you see in Scripture, in the New Testament, that it talks about the Holy Ghost or the Spirit, the word used is pneuma. P-N-E-U-M-A. Pneuma. And that word means breath. Life. Or essence. Just like in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, in, in Hebrew, the word is ruach. The breath of God. The ruach nature of God. But one thing you find is that pneuma can also be used for evil spirits. Because everywhere it says the demon spirits was possessed with spirits. It speaks, the word is pneuma. But 
what struck me was this is where Jesus is talking expressly about the Holy Spirit but he used the word parakletos so I checked there are only about four places you find parakletos John 14, John 15, John 16 and 1 John 2 all of them were made by John and it had to be John because John was the one who had the deepest most intimate relationship with Jesus so there's a dimension he saw that others didn't and everywhere it's always helper comforter in first John 2 the interpretation there is advocate now sometimes you know in English sometimes you hear a word and you get to understand the word in the way it's used in its function sometimes you don't really understand a thing except you understand its function and I find for many of us, that's what the Holy Spirit, for many of us, is one distant being that just comes around and causes confusion in service. As long as you don't take him as a being, a person, as I see Pastor Mo, you can't understand. But one thing that might help us is the function. That's why I'm staying with this verse. I want us to break down those things a bit to help us understand the function of the Holy Spirit, the completeness of who He is. So it says, like I said, Paracletos, its base word, base meaning is one who walks alongside. That means He's there with you, He's present. The word comforter means is one who brings comfort to you. I want you to see the many sides. Of who he is when you say that word paracletos keep first john and keep that scripture up the amplified so that people can reference it as i speak so a comforter is one who brings comfort he says he's an advocate an advocate is one who advocates or makes a case for you the word paracletos in the Greek tradition is actually a defense attorney. It's the one who each family had like a family lawyer. And that's what the word parakletos was. So he's one who advocates for you. He's one who will go to court on your behalf. He's one who will defend you when others slander and malign you. It says his counselor. A counselor is one who gives guidance, who gives direction. When you're in a situation where you don't understand, is one who sets you on the right path. He's a helper. He's one who brings help when you need it. Have you ever been in a situation where it's like the whole world, the world has ended? And then someone just comes and helps you out of that situation. He's that helper. He's an intercessor. An intercessor is one who prays or intervenes on your behalf. Most times in the place of prayer. So you intercede for someone, you pray for that person. Especially when they can't pray for themselves. I like the one where it says is your strengthener. So when I was looking at the theme Paracletos, I had all this to choose from. And the one that was uppermost in my mind was strengthener. 
A strengthener is one who brings strength when you're weak. And I, for this season we're in, I felt that's what God needs to be. For, for the last few weeks, he's been bringing to my memory that I'm, I'm your strength. The last time Pastor was speaking, something kept resonating that it brought back to my remembrance something I preached last year where I said, um, faint yet pursuing. That that's the posture we need to have in this time. There are things that have been released that are going to be assaulting us, but you need to be strengthened to stand. In spite of everything, you will keep pursuing. And so that's been my frame that he's our strengthener, the one who gives us strength even when we're weak, the one who keeps us when everything is falling apart. It's the one who gives, as we say in our EPG, our backbone. Then he says, I stand by. And that one confused me. Because we know standby generator. <laughs> a standby is one who's waiting in the wings. When everything fails, he's there. So when you're at your wit's end, he's your standby. And so when you paint the picture of the Holy Spirit using these words, you begin to get a picture of who he is. There's nothing you can face that can take you down when you understand who is beside you. He says, the one who walks alongside you. Too many of us are being defeated by situations and circumstances because we don't know who we are, who we have, and what we are meant to do. Today, my prayer is that the Lord will reveal himself to you by his Holy Spirit that you will know whose you are. The question I want to ask you is if the Holy Spirit has been sent as a helper how much of that help can you access or have you been able to access? You know the starting point is you can only help, you can only receive help from one who you trust. You can only see that someone wants to help you if you trust them. And for me, the, the scripture for this year is Romans 18, 14. And as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. You know, you can only be led if you trust the person. You can only allow yourself to be led if you trust the person. Many of us do not trust the Holy Spirit. That's why we don't follow him. You follow what you feel is right. So when he starts, when he says, come, let's walk, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, let's walk into the fire. He says, eh, eh. <laughs> Or like Peter, kill and eat. He said, lie, lie, I bind you. 
If you can't trust him, you can't walk with him. But he will lead you. You know, if you read, I, I'm joining you to go back and read John 14, 15, 16 again. Because Jesus just dimensioned what the Holy Spirit will be. He says he will lead you into all truth. He will bring everything to your remembrance. I love 1 John 2, 27. He says you will not need anyone to teach you. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. Romans 8, 14. Let me read the Passion Translation version. It says the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. King James says, as many as are led by the Spirit, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the ones who are sons of God. He says, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Your, the hallmark of your maturity is your ability to be led. Pure and simple. How well are you being led? Or rather, how well are you allowing yourself to be led? My prayer is that after today, many of us will recalibrate and just come into that place of trust. If a child, your child, is standing on a, an elevated place and you tell the person, child, jump, the child will jump because they trust you. Many of us don't trust God. We, tr we say we trust Him, but we don't really trust him. Because if he told us jump, we will start climbing now. I say, rather than jump, let me be climbing. <laughs> and you see, what that does is makes you understand the access to God is about relationship. It's not about formula. It's not about reading the whole Bible. It's not about praying 10 hours. It's about relationship. And that, for me, was heightened from about November last year. That this year has to be about relationship and intimacy. Because the ones who receive secrets from God are those who are intimate with Him. It's not those who pray 10 hours. It's not those who are pastors, evangelists, apostles, prophets. It is those who spend time with Him. Mary and Martha. He says, Martha was encumbered with so much she was doing. She was serving the Lord, making him, being hospitable to him. But he says, Mary sat at his feet and listened. And he said to Martha, you are too encumbered. Mary is doing the right thing. He says, and it will not be taken from her. This is the season for intimacy. Particularly now, the world is being assaulted by all manner of things. It's like there have been things that have been released that we don't have the answer to. And the only thing that will keep you is that you have that spirit of intimacy. That scripture in Proverbs 25 verse 2, it says that it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but it is the honor of kings to search out the matter. But you know that it's not about searching alone because God hides. Ask Job, Job 23, it says he hid from him. He says, I sought him front, back, 
on the right where he usually is. He said, I didn't know he was hiding. There are times God hides. So when he hides something, only he can help you find it. You know, when you do hide and seek, you can find. This one, if God hides it, nothing. You won't find it. But it is those who, is in, who are intimate with him that he reveals the secrets to. If you read Daniel, you keep seeing, he says, our God is a revealer of secrets. And Daniel is my pattern. Because you know that Daniel was not a prophet. He was not even a priest. He was not a Levite. He was nothing. He was just of the royal lineage. But at 16, 17, he was in captivity. And he says he purposed in his heart he would not defile himself. And when you see all the things God did with Daniel, he says he would begin to pray. An angel would come and say, I have come to give you understanding because you are beloved. Not because you are a prophet. You are beloved of God. God opened up secrets to him. And so when we talk about the major prophets we call Daniel, he was not a prophet. He was just a man who loved God and who God gave understanding. When you read about the end times, outside of the book of Revelations, most of it is in Daniel. God gave him deep insights into secrets. That's the place of intimacy. When God trusts you, he will give anything. Daniel was in the lion's den because he stood his ground and said, I will not bow. That's what God is looking for. People who will be intimate with him. That he may reveal himself. And he's given us the access by his spirit. That's why when you either shun the Holy Spirit because you feel, ah, I don't need wahala. You deprive yourself of something so crucial. You know, one of the things that blew my mind is where it says, you can grieve or you can blaspheme against the Son. But you cannot against the Holy Spirit. He said, it won't be forgiven you even to the age after. And that confused me first. Because you are saying you can blaspheme against... Another one says you don't grieve the Son. Or grieve the Son of Man. You can grieve the Son. Or you can grieve the Son of Man. But you cannot grieve the Spirit. Tells you the depth to which God has gone. You can offend the Son. The son of man, we, I hope we know, is not just son of any man. He's always in caps. The son of man, man, God put man on earth. And the son of man is the son of God, really. He says you can grieve him, but you cannot grieve the Holy Spirit. So many of us, have been not, we, haven't, we have been grieving him consistently. And we're depriving ourselves of something so powerful. You see, when you come into that place of intimacy, you begin to enter into a place where you receive, you begin to take on the nature of God. That is what God, his end game has always been that we will manifest his nature. And so people get into debates about the gifts of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit, which one is more important. And it's a non-issue. The gifts are just, a gift is something you give to someone. 
no conditions. Just, just give the person. The fruit is something you bear out of. It's a fruit that comes. So you plant a seed, a fruit comes out that blesses more. And the fruit of the Spirit speaks of the nature of God. So when you read Galatians 5, you begin to see the nature of God. And when that is seen in you, then it begins to translate to other lives. I want to read two quick scriptures to understand that that is, you see it in Jesus. In Acts 4.13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, it says they marveled. But the last thing says they realized that they had been with Jesus. So they were illiterate. They were untrained. But they discerned they had been with Jesus. Why? Because of the way they behaved. They behaved the way he behaved. It's not in the miracles they did. It was in the way they behaved. Another one in Acts 11. It says, Acts 11.26 says, when he had found him, this Barnabas found Paul, he brought him to Antioch. It says, so it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. It says, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. They were not called Christians because their religion was Christianity. They were called Christians because of their nature. The word Christian means Christ-like. So you are like Christ. Not you feel a form and say, I'm a Christian. Many Christians are Bible-believing, tongue-talking devils. No nature of God showing in them. There's no way you can be intimate with someone and it doesn't rub off on you. Moses went up to the mount, spent 40 days and came out. His face was glistening with the glory. You cannot be in the presence of God and not be changed. It is not possible. I will question where you went. The simple things that matter to God they have to do with your character. You don't lie anymore. You're not angry all the time and always trying to get back at people. When you look at the fruit of the Spirit, it speaks to those things. Long-suffering, patience, joy, meekness. They do you like this and you just look at them as, my. before, fire for fire. Let me read something I wrote, which I pray God will touch our minds. Because it's so needful now. Now more than ever, we live in very dangerous times. It says, in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. The hearts of many will wax cold. And he says, in that time, there will be all manner of false people and teachers and all kinds of things released. And he says, even the elect could easily be swayed this season that we're in is a season of emergence of the breed of people that God has consigned for this end times 
not supermen or superwomen, but a remnant. People who have been qualified by their preparation. Their key hallmark is that they are led by the Spirit of God through all the situations and they have formed character. That is what will make them less likely to be circumvented by the wiles of the enemy that have been deployed in this time. They will deeply cultivate discernment. We need to be very discerning in these times because things are happening and because of the way the world is, everything is happening at breakneck speed. Something happens, it goes viral in seconds. And where people who are easily swayed, the media is configured to appeal to your senses. So if something is visualized, if, if you, you know those days of radio, you hear it on radio, it's just information. Now when I add drama, as I'm saying it, I'm doing this, it's resonating well and it's embedding in your mind. And so imagine that a lie is made in that way and it's become viral. Let me give an example, very practical. We must be people who learn to check out information. Don't just spread information. So was it three days ago, a video was just put out about DSS invading the National Assembly. It went viral. Someone sent it on a group I was in and I just checked. The only reason I'm on Twitter is to check news. I just checked DSS NAS. It was a tweet, a video from 2018. Somebody just put it out there to create. A lot of the reactions we are seeing are just people doing chess. They make one move. You just be going, you know. All the riots that happened a few days ago in Lagos, do you think they were spontaneous? They were programmed. <laughs> let's, let's be clear about some things. Don't react to everything you hear and see. Be in the habit of checking information. Discernment is needed in these times. Because all manner of things are being put out. And it's not everything. There is a way that seemeth right unto man. But it is a way to destruction. Only the counsel of the Lord shall stand. One reason I also want to frame this thing because we must be careful what we follow. Be very careful what you follow because everything, the lines are being erased. They're very thin. They're being erased. I love Maverick City to bits. They brought a powerful sound into the, into the earth this time. Remember Dante Bao? There was a statement they made about just disconnecting from him and he made an apology and all that. But do you really know what happened? Do we know? We don't. I was reading about it the other day and it, it struck me. Have you ever heard of one guy called Lil Nas? You know what he did? He did a lap dance with Satan and all that. Dante Bao was praising him. That's, I think, what caused them to disconnect because everything he is, little Nas, is a Satanist. Forget it. He's a Satanist. And so that judgment, and so the person who was saying it was like, look at the people we idolize. Be very careful. 
Dante Bao is a powerful worship leader. He's been with Bethel Music. He's been with Elevation. He's been with Maverick City. But you see, that vessel gets corrupted. It affects many. We sing a lot of Hillsong music. What happened? It doesn't take away from the unction that brought about the songs. But what is behind certain things? And so you must be very careful what you follow. That's why I'm trying to emphasize you need discernment. The world we live in is so visual and so in your face that you can easily, everything seems like. Discernment comes by closeness to the Spirit of God. I want to give two keys, then I think I should close because God is moving things. 2 Corinthians 5. You ask yourself, how can I be intimate with God? You need to make yourself available. You need to be there. You need to let him be guide. Let him guide you. Too many of us, <laughs> I heard one yesterday, it says, he called it toothbrush prayer. That you just do, 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 do and you're going. Many of us do toothbrush prayer, just do, 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 and then you go. You need to learn to rest. Never be in a hurry. If you follow God, when you plan to do five minutes, you do five hours comfortably. And everything that you thought would fall apart won't fall apart. You must give time to God. If you want to be intimate, intimacy, so a guy is chasing a girl. You will, you will spend your money where where. You will do dinner, you will do many things before they answer you. That's good ones though. They will draw you where where. Intimacy doesn't come by just knowledge. There's acquaintanceship and there's intimacy. Intimacy comes with constant spending time with one. You can't read devotional and that's your Bible. That, I mean, when I say devotional, maybe every day with Jesus or one, anyone, daily bread, and that's your, you say you, have, you, have, you can't be intimate with Jesus. There are times you will set time aside. There was a day I just said, I'm, I'm trying to read the Bible. Let me just read some books that I've never read. Ezra. I just picked Ezra and said, let me read this book today. Before I finished, that day finished, I read Ezra, I read uh, Habai, I read Nehemiah. I was just going all over the place. I wondered, but you see, with that, God taught me a principle. I learned from that thing that never, you see, we, we are doing elections, so we want to vote Christian or Muslim, or you miss it. Follow who God sent. Because God is not moved by your, the labels we put. And that's where I learned that Cyrus was, you read Isaiah 45 and say, the one who make crooked paths straight, blah, blah, blah. That was a hidden king God was talking about. He calls him my servant. Cyrus came, that word Isaiah was almost five to seven hundred years before Cyrus. Well, about four hundred years, sorry. Before Cyrus came. It was a prophetic word. But it was Cyrus. So we, we celebrate the temple that was built in the time of Haggai. But that temple was built because of Cyrus. Because in the time they were in captivity, Cyrus got up and sent them with money to go back in the time of Ezra 
to go and rebuild the temple. And he said to the surrounding nations, pay tax to help them do this. But it was in the time of Sambalat and Tobiah that they came and they came against them and sent word to the king, then was Ahasuerus, and said that there's a people who are rebellious and are coming against you. And so the king set an edict to stop them. So in the time of Haggai, when Haggai was saying, you people are living in building your own houses and the house of God is, is left bereft, it wasn't correct. It wasn't that they were doing it out of spite. There was a law in place that stopped them. But once he activated that, they began to build. And then those, the new Sambalas and Tobias sent to the king at that time. And they discovered the chronicles of Cyrus and reinstated what Cyrus said. That's how the temple was built. Long story. I was reading Ezra. That's the story God gave me that day. I'm trying to illustrate to you that intimacy doesn't come. And I I proposed to just read one chapter that day. I read, I think it was like two or three hours. This is more than 15 years ago. It hasn't left my mind. Intimacy doesn't come by just wishing. It comes by beholding, spending time. And that's what God is emphasizing now. His spirit, you see, the Jewish year is 5783. The decade is about the spirit of God. This is where God wants to begin to do things by his spirit. And it's those who are positioned who will be able to bring it down. These guys in the spirit. <laughs> Before I go there, Second Corinthians five. <laughs> Second Corinthians five, verses eleven and fourteen. Two things I learned that will help us as we walk with God. If you keep them before you, they will keep you guided. 2 Corinthians 11, I'll read the Amplified and I'll read the Passion Translation. 11, Amplified says, Therefore, being conscious of fearing the Lord with respect and reverence, we seek to win people over or to persuade them. It says, But what sort of persons we are is plainly recognized and thoroughly understood by God. And I hope that it is plainly recognized and thoroughly understood also by your consciences or your inborn discernment. Verse 14 says, For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. Quickly, the Passion Translation 11 says, Since we are those who stand in holy awe of the Lord, we make it a passion to persuade others to turn to him. We know that our lives are transparent before the God who knows us fully, and I hope that we are also well known to your consciences. For it is, what 14 says, it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all died with him. And so quickly from this scripture, Two things that just jump at me as key drivers to come into that place where you caught the presence of the Holy Spirit constantly. Number one, 11 speaks of the fear of the Lord. 
It talks in one, it says the reverential fear of the Lord. The other talks about holy awe. There's a place for dread. The dread of God. If you fear God from place of dread, you won't be able to sleep. When the Bible says, don't fear the one who can kill your body. Fear the one who will kill the body and kill the spirit and kill you again. But it says, holy all. When you come into his presence, you don't come in a shambolic manner. You come knowing that this is the God of the whole earth. One of the things that set me on a journey to understand worship was Revelation 4 and 5. It says the, the, the 24 elders, they, are, they have thrones, they, have, they are rulers in their own right. It says, but when he who sits on the throne comes in incandescent light, when he comes, it says they throw down their crowns, they lay prostrate before him. And the result is worship comes forth. It's a natural reaction. They don't need to tell you. So when Christians were singing about walking into the room, I broke. Let me let, me let you into something. Last Sunday, I said to Pimo, when I heard one song this guy sang about the Spirit, I felt a release. So I said to Pimo, please, before I come, let them sing that song because I feel the Holy Spirit right from last week. I've known that he wants to break out. So I just said, let them sing. By the time he sang that song, I just told Pimo, please, we don't need the song. This one, I know. This one, he walked in. I don't be, case things, I don't believe he rehearsed that song to sing it. It just came because he knew the mood. When you have the fear of the Lord, it will stop you from doing things. You know, we, we behave because we're afraid of punishment, of the law. But when you have the fear of the Lord, it keeps you in check. I saw one clip uh, Pastor Podju put out some time ago about John Bevere. John Bevere is a, is a Christian writer, solid man of God. He was talking about years ago, Jim Baker is one of two people, men of God who fell. He got into mail fraud. I think he was sleeping with the secretary. It was a major scandal. And he got jailed in the 90, early 90s. So he says, he, John Bevere wrote a book and he says he got a call from his peer got a call from John um, Jim Baker in prison whether he could come visit and he went and he says young man are you the one who wrote this book he said yes he says God in this place God has this is the second chance God gave me his mercy if, if he didn't come to jail he would have been destroyed and he went on to ask him why did you do he said how when did you when did Jesus leave you that you began to do this. He said, Jesus never left me. I was looking at him confused. He didn't leave you and you are doing bad things, sleeping with Hashem and all that. I can't. But he says, all through, of it, all through that period, I was loving Jesus. He says, but I didn't fear God. Many of us love Jesus. We don't fear God. Nine out of ten of us, if, we, if I tell you that you can't do anything, and nobody will know. I guarantee you nobody will know. Nine out of ten will do it. Because it is the fear of being caught that drives many of us. The fear of the Lord will keep you in check. Whether they guarantee you will stay because you know the one who you serve. 
It is missing in today's world. That's why people behave anyhow. As someone say, anyhowly. When the fear of the Lord rests on you, you will do right. Even if everything and everyone is going crazy around you, you will stand for truth. The second thing is the love of Christ. That's verse 14. It says the love of Christ constrains us. You do things because of the love Christ has for you and the love he expects to show. So even when people offend you deeply, it is the love of Christ. You are constrained. If you say you love me, <laughs> Peter, God, uh, Jesus said to him, if you, if you love me, feed the sheep. Feeding sheep is a hard thing. If I ask Pastor Moa, many of you, ah, some are not sheep. They are tending towards goat. Even sheep, they just be going bah, 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 going all over the place. A shepherd, he has work. Oh. That's why the shepherd has to teach them to hear his voice. So when he says, they all come. But if he has trained them, they will be going in every direction. There's one song in Dunce's new album that really resonated for me. The song that says, Oh, to love you. I just read a few verses. It says, I went to the Father. I said, I need more power. I need more of your fire. He said to me, all you need is more love. Very deep. Many of us, our Christianity is about we want power. We want to be able to manifest. And we go to God, Lord, give me more power. Give me more grace. Give me more wisdom. He says, God says to you, all you need is more love. It is in a place of love that he releases his power. The fruit of the Spirit is all encapsulated in love. The, the thing that can overcome evil or wickedness is love. Love covers all things. When the love of God constrains you, you are one who doesn't take offense even when you should. God helps. This morning, open your heart. The Holy Spirit, I felt clearly, He wanted to just release Himself over everyone. You can't have been in today's worship and be normal. your eyes and just open your heart to him thanks for listening to this message from the hills church our mission is to love people connect with family and touch the world learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org 